0: Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I wanna thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I am a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Parenting Our Future. It's Robin McMahon here. Welcome back. Look, we are using Google and YouTube and our kids are using these platforms as well. And I wanna talk about them with an expert and find out if there is a seedy underbelly, if there's something that we should know about. Should we be protecting our kids? Should we be protecting ourselves? what's really going on on these platforms that we should know about. This is something every parent should know about for themselves and for their kids. I really wanna welcome Mark Bergen to the show. Welcome, Mark. You have been one of the leading business journalists covering everything about Google for more than seven years. Mark began reporting on the company for Recode, a respected Silicon Valley publication, then moved to Bloomberg in September of 2016. Before that, Mark covered telecom, technology, and media for AdAge, the premier industry publication. And he worked as a freelance reporter from Asia for The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, Time, Rotors, and The New Yorker. And he's frequently discussed his Google reporting on Bloomberg TV, CNN, NBC, MSNBC, NPR, and several other media outlets. All right, Mark, welcome. I'm really happy to talk to you. I'm a little nervous to talk to you. I don't know what we're gonna say yet. So um, it's really great to have somebody like you here. And I wanna just make sure people know you have a, a book called Like, Comment, Subscribe, words that I have also said. On a regular basis on my YouTube videos. Um, and it's like, comment, subscribe inside YouTube's chaotic rise to world domination. Oh my goodness. Okay, tell me what your book is about. And what are we getting into here?
1: <laughs> sure. So this is, uh, like the title said, it's it's a book about YouTube. It's the history of the company who started in 2005, just a few months after Facebook, um, and has become, in, you know, in under two decades, this just incredibly important and vital part of our lives, of culture, of entertainment, of media, yeah. sort of changed the landscape for, for so many things. Um, and for a variety of reasons, it's kind of been overlooked. I think, like, given its size, and we, we pay so much attention to um, Facebook, and more recently we've been paying a lot of attention at, at the Twitter, yeah. um, and, and I think um, YouTube has is this really interesting story that is, um, in many ways, like reflects the the history of the internet in the past uh, two decades, yeah. um, and then it says a lot about like the the future of the online economy and the, the way we're moving um it's part of google which is one of the world's biggest and um most fascinating and well-known companies uh and there are just so many really interesting stories both inside the company and then obviously on like the stars uh, the youtube stars that um have come up yeah. uh and and so that's the the like this takes it all the way back and, and brings us to kind of where we are today
0: well and and they started out innocently right just as a way to share your home videos with your friends and family
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, for us to think about it now in 2022, um, but in 2005, like online video was was clunky, uh, often expensive in, or, in order to to upload um, this idea of like a free on demand television on the Internet was <laughs> pretty yeah. futuristic. Uh, I mean, YouTube was coming up at, at the same time of, of a fair amount of there. They had a lot of um, competitors that have all, all been kind of rendered obsolete. But, um, you know, what they initially solved for was a way to to share video pretty easily, to upload it. And what the, sort of one of the genius moves that they made early on was that YouTube can kind of, as we know, be embedded on every other site. So you don't have to watch a YouTube video on YouTube.com, right? You gonna watch yeah. it somewhere else. And that was one of the major reasons that they just sort of took off. Mm.
0: And And really, like you said, it's part of Google. So it really is a search engine.
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely. I think that was something that um, a lot of people don't really think about. I mean, it it is for uh, most people that use the site, it it is like Google, it's a search engine, it's a utility. It's something that's sort of always there and reliable, and they'll use it to, you know, how to fix something that's wrong with your car, right? Or likes your sink, um, how to do a yoga routine, how to bake a certain like how to bake something bread, right? We all learned this during the pandemic, you it became like this lifeline. Um, and from early on, it was, you know, one of the major reasons Google paid at the time uh, in 2006, it was $1.6 billion, which was like an eye-catching number. It still is, um, but at the time it was, it was kind of unheard of. Um, and uh, a chief reason that they, they paid so much, like YouTube was uh, already by then was sort of proving to be this really hot culture phenomenon, especially with young people, but it was also like a destination for search, and Google was like, "We don't want to be um, beat by uh, you know this kind of company that also started in right. garage, and like we're just we they tried to build their own version of, of YouTube. It was called Google Video, that just like wasn't as popular. Um, and there's yeah. like a
0: <laughs> we don't know it, so yeah, exactly.
1: Um, they're just saying in Silicon Valley that's like you build it or you buy it. Uh, they couldn't build it, and so they just went out and bought it
0: wow okay so so then you know it seems sort of innocent ish but we know from look we know from court cases and from uh crackdown on the platform that it has had some pretty bad stuff on it so let's talk about that seedy underbelly of of youtube you know from where they were the changes that they've made but things that are still happening today that parents need to know about because look our kids are given phones and when we have a phone <laughs> and access to the internet it is access to all of this stuff including pornography including you know things that we just don't want our kids exposed to and we may not realize how how they are being exposed to this so let's talk about that part just in service of the parents listening
1: Yeah, I mean, YouTube's motto from the beginning was broadcast yourself, right? The whole mission is uh, let anyone be a broadcaster. Um, And that was and still remains like this really profound thing, right? And um, as human nature, people are going to broadcast very dark and disturbing um, Mm. things. And in addition to very delightful um, and and creative things. So, you know, early on, YouTube decided, um, I think it's an important business decision, right? Um, They're like, we're not going to have porn um and okay. so they and this was pretty early they were you know of course it's like there's this, this constantly debate about what constitutes uh, porn and graphic sex um but the way this, the way that youtube is structured right is that like any you and i can go up there and upload a video uh and and no one's preventing us from doing that um so early on youtube had had like primarily like these small team of screeners that would either you have they relied on viewers like you you need to, like, oh, this video is porn. We're going to flag it. Um, mm. and, and then they had these screeners that would kind of go around and find videos and take them down if they're violating their rules. Um, eventually, they, they built pretty uh, sophisticated software to do this, especially with like skin detection, right? So they're, they're able now pretty effectively, like, if someone uploads a graphic sex image, it comes down immediately. Um, okay. Early on, I think, you know, something that was uh, certainly like people inside the company didn't expect this to be as, as, as volume of footage, but they have difficulty with uh, child endangerment and like child pornography um, was something that people were uploading. Uh, and so this is something the YouTube media that was like, we don't want this anywhere near this. We're gonna like set up a pipeline to federal authorities. Um, oh, awesome. But they, there was still, I mean, there, there's gray zone, right? Like something that they struggle with from the on, um, onset is like, what do you do with like home videos of children, um, and this is bleak, but like home videos of children in swimsuits playing in a pool, right? It may be innocent um, where like the family's just uploading it to show with their friends and family or they're just uploading it the same reason anyone else uh, uploads to to YouTube. Um, But it's like, if that video is watched in a different context, Mm -hmm. um, that's something that could be disturbing and and it can get them in trouble. And I think, you know, early on, their teams were like making a lot of these decisions um sort of on the fly uh, and and some of the the early people who worked at, at youtube i think had experience in some of this like live journal um culture on on the internet but this was um it's hard for us again to to appreciate how new this was but but back then this was the first time that they were kind of unleashing this idea that like anyone could be blogging and producing video online that Um, millions of people could could watch Mm -hmm.
0: it's so interesting because 2005 is when I had my first child and so I really it's like I've grown up with it along with my child who is uh 17 now uh so it's it's just it's so interesting because those years are very um just just really embedded in my mind you know just seeing seeing all of that seeing Facebook you know it was such a such an interesting time um and 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 so, so essentially what the platform has done is it sort of got out of hand. I mean, I remember seeing videos that looked like they were superhero videos and at the time, those are what my kids wanted to watch, mm-hmm. but they weren't superhero videos at all. They were, I don't know what they were, They, but they were women in superhero costumes doing you know, all sorts of things that were adults and uh, absolutely and completely inappropriate so um so those sorts of things they have they have now fixed is that right
1: yeah let me give the if you like kind of the brief brief history as much as i can here like yeah. so youtube starts out um like a lot of sites on the internet um there are at least no uh rules one of the so the, the internet is largely sort of ungoverned especially compared to like broadcast television and radio right yeah um, but one of the rules that was set in the 90s around the internet is the child online uh, Protection Act, COPPA. I may have mixed the extra P there. Uh, Privacy <laughs> Protection Act, sorry. Um, and, and that's a particular rule that has a bunch of safeguards in place, largely around collecting data from minors under 13. Um, and so what YouTube did was, it in its small print, the thing that no one really reads was like, this is a site for people that are 13 and up. Right, it it was like you know they had like kind of a rough rating system, but cursing's always been allowed on YouTube. Like it sort of mm-hmm. always had this like late night TV kind of vibes, right? Like mm-hmm. the most popular stuff on YouTube is often uh, similar to kind of like Mad TV, right? It's it's quirky. It like goes up to the line of acceptability. Um, the, the people inside the company, there there were actually early attempts, multiple attempts to like maybe build a kids version. Um, and what the, 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 legal team was like, we don't want to touch that at all because like this puts us in legal risk. Um, we're going to be a site for 13 and up. Um, and so what you had is around a decade ago, like two, two major things happened that were, I talk about this in the book, like the iPad came around, um, I believe it was 2010, yeah. 2011. And the iPad is like, becomes this amazing like tool for parents, um, uh, to occupy kids yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, just as a coincidence, like YouTube made this really important shift in the way that their system works, the way that they surface videos to you when you type in a search box, or like when you're watching, like the next, the related videos, the recommendations. That um, and right now, it's like the company says over seventy percent of views are from that recommended footage. So that's a lot of, a lot of the, the videos. of the time people spend on YouTube are the recommended videos that like kind of watch next. -hmm. Right. Okay. So what they started to optimize for was not just the like the amount of views that a video gets, but how long people watch. Right. Um, And that's just a recipe for like iPad plus like an algorithmic system that is just geared towards like keep people watching as much as possible is like really long, compelling kids videos. Um, And that's what happened. Like almost, you know, I think a decade ago there was not a lot of um, kids material on YouTube. In part because it was just, it wasn't seen as a place for children, right? Like you had Nickelodeon, right? Um, and then you have some of these people experimenting with some of the early ones were around like toy unboxing and playing with toys, um, nursery like, rhymes.
0: My kids would watch YouTube to make rainbow loom bracelets mm-hmm. that was oh, a yeah. huge, 10 like 10 years yeah. ago. Rainbow loom Dolls, was huge, so that's what like they did, doll reviews.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, and, and some of it was like really kind of. Really interesting creative output that wasn't on TV.
0: There was some um, families that they watched that did funny things with their kids, added animation in. So, like, I, I, like boy. I just really like I remember it all. And then boy. it started to turn into gaming stuff for for my kids, and that, and 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 that is the most annoying sound I've <laughs> in the entire world. But I'd you, rather your um, nails on chalkboards.
1: You mentioned, uh, yeah, you mentioned the, the, the superhero uh, phenomenon, which was like. Probably kind of the one of the biggest crisis inside the company, and going really? inside is the book. Yeah, is that they had this, you know? So they they built an app in, in 2015 for kids, and they're basically okay. like this. The volume of videos that were clearly made for children was was too big to ignore. Like they couldn't keep going on with this lie that was like we're just for kids, and like no one under 13 is watching without supervision. That clearly wasn't true. Totally. Um, and so they built this app. They were like, okay, mm-hmm. if you want, if you have a kid. Go use YouTube Kids. Um, the problem that for a long time, and it's still a problem that they haven't really solved, is like I don't know how much time you spent on the YouTube Kids app or people in the audience. It's mostly geared towards like taught like three to five year old, like really young children. It's
0: baby stuff. Yeah. It's a yeah, lot of it's, it's a lot stuff. of
1: baby shark. Yeah, yeah. It's baby. I mean baby, baby shark. Baby,
0: that's old now. I don't know.
1: Anyway. Um it and It's you know if you're an eight year old, ten year old, kind of the tween era, like you you want to watch what the big kids are watching. You don't want to watch the baby stuff anymore, and and so they're they're going to Um, YouTube.com. You know, YouTube did not put invest as much resources in in their kids app for a long time, and it so Mm -hmm. um, and what was happening and this is really it was one of these like really there are so many of these interesting moments across the history of, of YouTube where these trends pop up kind of out of nowhere um and it doesn't really make like even for people inside the company that like, didn't understand where they come from yeah um, and and then what you have you know the, the the online creators are sort of like bugs drawn to light like and you, and you can't blame them right they are constantly searching for like the shift the shifting sands of what's popular on youtube um and it's never consistent and and so you see these trends kind of rise mm-hmm. and fall and one of them came up was superhero costumes and 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 part of this, is the other issue with YouTube is that, you know, um, Disney uh, for, it was for a long time refused and still kind of refuses to put, you know, Disney doesn't put its movies on YouTube. Mm-hmm. They launched Disney Plus. And so if you're a parent mm-hmm. and uh, maybe seven years ago and you're searching for, for your kid, you want to look for Spider-Man, you want to look for Elsa, Elsa Frozen, I think, maybe you remember when Frozen came out.
0: Yes, of course. Uh,
1: <laughs> it was 2015 2016 oh, around this time
0: oh okay the actual year yeah actually
1: no, year yeah, yeah i have yeah. boys
0: too and so like we were not yeah. as crazy for frozen yeah. although we did go and see it but i don't remember exactly so
1: this was there's a, there's sort of this interesting vacuum on youtube where people are clearly looking for it they're looking for marvel movies they're looking yeah. for yeah like, and so there's a lot of fan like you can still find this today there's so many videos like that's part of youtube's the, the joyful thing about YouTube right is if you watch a movie and you want to hear someone talk about it no matter what the movie is you can find it on youtube yeah um and what's happening there was that people were kind of using that void and um to, to get views and and some of it was innocent um and and a lot of it became like hypersexual and weird and disturbing and pushing the boundaries yeah. um and, and this was a, 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 this was around 2017 2018 when this happened and, and you know in in YouTube had this really Sharp reaction because some of the videos got really inappropriate. Um, and they kind of had this major crackdown where they um, deleted a bunch of videos practically overnight. Uh, and, and, and YouTubers started to call it ElsaGate, which was a, an uh. appropriate term. Um, but it was, yeah, it was when this very strange um, trend that was happening on the platform. And I talk about it in the book that was happening for a very long time, and people inside the company um, just you either will willfully blind to it um, or just didn't pay as much attention as it deserved.
0: It sounds like it, it's almost like they created a monster. Like, th- yeah. you know, that they're they're actually trying to catch up to the trends that they provide the platform for to begin with. And they don't even know what yeah. is coming next. My, my, um,
1: I'll, I'll give my teaser. The, the book opens with a with a quote from, from Frankenstein so for that very reason. Mm.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I remember that time too, because I was just saying that like what my kids were watching, like there was this family that they would watch. I don't, I don't remember their name, uh, but they did all this fun stuff and, you know, always creating content and they were uh, I don't know if they ever recovered their channel, but they were sort of a, a casualty or a, you know um, uh, what do you call it? Um, and it, they they somehow got canceled or yep. they had to apply because because of COPA. Right. And but yep. COPA was something that was forced upon them. Right. The Children's Online. What, what did you call it? Children's Online, Protection. Online
1: Privacy Protection Act. Um, yeah. F- forced upon the graders. I mean
0: um yeah that they were that they were identified as uh as as a creator of child content and uh, and their channel was was being shut down but that so there was sort of this like you know sort of people getting caught in this even though they didn't
1: totally i mean i think so you know one of the Um, So I guess two two things like one thing that separates YouTube from from like Facebook and and Twitter and like basically every site on the Internet was that they were the first um, and for a long time have been the only platform to actually pay creators and and pay them like meaningful money. Like some people have built um, pretty substantial careers. And so I think when we. Sorry, frustrated. can you
0: clarify paying them through their the ads that are running? Yeah, or paying, paying them. The paying them? them. So
1: that was two thousand seven oh. was when YouTube started to do that. Um, okay. And that was pretty early on, and 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 at the time was like pretty rare, to be sharing money with amateur video creators, and and YouTube started with a pretty small group, and then uh, around a decade ago they just. They opened it up to the masses yeah. um, and it became this this um, an enormous economy where millions of people were, were making money from from advertising revenue right. yeah. um and so you have you know people that are not just not just posting videos for for fun and entertainment or like for creative pursuit that are actually doing it for, for their livelihoods and you have families that would um quit their day jobs right and, and that's become right. YouTube stars. And they, and this was to be clear like this was what youtube wanted like this was like, they saw this as this um, kind of unexpected perk of their business. Like, wow, we can actually like create these new businesses and we get people to, if they have a substantial amount of money, they're gonna create, they're gonna produce more and more, they're gonna make more, more high quality videos. Um, and so when, when I guess I'm, my long-winded way of saying that is like when, then YouTube will sometimes, um, often when it makes decisions, like if it, if it removes someone's video, um, or what's called demonetized, which is like take remove an ad from a video. Um, usually, for, for a majority of creators, all you're going to get is like an automated email. And it's going to say, like, you, you have the maybe ability to, to contest it decision, but it's um, just just this is the way that, that Google, which owns YouTube, like chose to build this system, which is like they have a lot of, they, they, they don't throw a lot of people at it, they throw software. Mm. Um, and just because of the scale of the number of people that are uploading to YouTube. Um, yeah. And so that they, they, they work with this automated way. Um, and so fast forward to, it was 2019, um, YouTube was found to, was fined by the Federal Trade Commission for violating COPPA, for violating the children's privacy protection law. But basically like the, the FTC, the government came out and said, actually YouTube, you are knowingly serving videos and, and serving um, ads to children under the age of 13 um, and so since then what it sounds like what you were what you were talking about was since then that now YouTube has um, been split and you you probably folks in the audience probably know this when they watch a video if it's made for kids they're not going to be any comments there um, yeah and what you, you can't see but but like certainly the online creators know is there's a different type of ad um, so you can no longer YouTube will no longer serve what's called like behavioral targeted advertising. i'm happy to unpack that if if you want me to um well
0: there's a couple things i want to say yes so so i have a youtube channel it's parenting for connection that's and and that is you know i upload videos this podcast will be on youtube as well Mm -hmm. and and so there's a couple things yeah there um i i want to I want to come back to that. But what you just said about the, the way they're sort of policing things nowadays is really through automation. Uh, and this morning, and I was just telling you this before we hit record, I got a message from YouTube and it said, our team has reviewed your content. And unfortunately, we think it violates our harmful and dangerous policy. We removed the following content from YouTube. And it happens to be from an episode that I, uh, that I did with Bailey Parnell called safe social it's actually called hashtag safe safe social and they have removed the uh the url safesocialmedia.co that's what they said was offensive so I mean they obviously don't get it right all the time and oh, I will sure. appeal that because of course that is not offensive in any way nor would I put anything out that is offensive to you know hopefully to anybody but yeah so it's so interesting
1: yeah. I mean, it is an automated messy system. I mean, like just, yeah. just to like exp- uh, do like the really bare bones explanation, like there are, so it's it, it, since 2019 YouTube has shared that it's uh, over 500 hours of footage are uploaded every minute. I'll say again, like 500 hours of new footage are uploaded wow. like, every 60 seconds.
0: 500 um, hours of content every 60 every seconds.
1: Minute. Yeah, so it's it's mind blowing, um, and so it, it's like clearly by by now it's a system that's like far too big for them to manage. Um, so what they do have they, they have teams, they have you know people who work for YouTube and Google, whose um, job is to sort of re- review uh, content based on the rules that the company sets. Um, they also rely on um, thousands of contractors who, who don't work for YouTube directly. They work for companies that like YouTube sort of contracts with. Um, they're around the clock. They have a lot of people in India, a lot of people in the Philippines in Ireland. Um, and these are pretty like not well-paid jobs necessarily. They are trained to, um, they're going to be looking at videos that are flagged uh, in two ways. One is the software will flag it. Um, as like, hey, this video potentially violates our rules, we should look at this. Um, Or you or I, any any sort of average viewer, there's a little like flag next to a YouTube video. If you click that, then it goes into a queue. Um, And so, you know, when machines are not, software is not perfect. Um, Mm, Clearly. I'm not, and I'm not excusing YouTube here, but like the the problem that they created for themselves is incredibly complicated, Um, right? You know, let's take the something like as, uh, like child endangerment is, it seems pretty clear cut in, in, certain instances, but like, you know, in others it's, it's not. And, and one kind of really fascinating example that they dealt with is a very popular channel, YouTube channel of, um, five years ago involved this father, um, pranking, doing pranks with his two, uh, daughters, his two, like, I think they were okay. like seven, seven and nine. Um, and it was, it was hugely popular. Um, it's called toy freaks uh the dad um sometime would like they would there was this kind of another this is gonna sound strange but it was really popular on youtube like dressing up um as babies with pacifiers and bibs was a okay. big thing um yeah. and some of it was like kind of doing these fake punishments became really popular um and there was one video where um and it, it got a lot of media attention and it was um one of the daughters had a bloody tooth that her tooth fell out and the father filmed it, um, and then you know there are some stills in the video that looks like this girl is screaming in pain, right? You like lose your tooth, it's yeah. really painful. Um, what ends up happening is like the father actually kind of like talks her through it. You watch the entire video. Oh, he actually explains to her that it's going to be okay. He kind of soothes her on camera, right? Yeah. Um, but she looks very uncomfortable and she's bleeding. And yeah, we you know YouTube has no way to confirm confirm if that man in the footage is the actual father of the daughter, right? These are very complicated questions, even when you bring in like educated um, people making decisions and, and experts. And, and how did the truth more...
0: really fall exactly. out? Like...
1: And, and more often, you're you know, they're people whose job is to go through as many videos as possible. Um, and so, what you're going to have is these kind of like collateral damage—the term that YouTube uses. Like,
0: that's the uh, word I was looking for: collateral damage. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: um, and it's—it's. It's, I mean, they've refined this system. I in the past five years, it has. Um, I won't say better, but it's like it's certainly. Um, they certainly put more resources and attention towards this, um, but you're still like, "It just happened to you, right?" Like, there, there. Today, uh, yeah. Is, these cases. Um, where in order for you know every time youtube kind of tightens a filter um it's going to inevitably like have these waves of impact that um and, and you know it's like when you get 10 people in a room not all 10 people can agree on something like hate speech
0: yeah um, yeah it's right? very. Like, I, I, I see what you're saying
1: it is bull, bullying is something they've tried to do a lot of rules around bullying but it's really like very difficult to define what bullying is
0: Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting too, right? Like when we started talking about ads and monetization and, and demonetization, things like that, it's so interesting because you do see so many kids now saying, I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a YouTube star, you know, Mm -hmm. so many, so many kids and, and my kids have said the same thing, right? They wanted to have their own channel at one time. They wanted to, you know, do silly things on YouTube. And I remember, you know, one of my son's friends coming over and they were young and, and, uh, the dad saying, oh, is he on YouTube? And I'm like, no, he's not on YouTube. Like, no. Right. But, um, can we go back to those ads that you were talking about? So, so sure. what is, is on the kids channel, there aren't what kind of ads? Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah. So,
1: be, so this is, um, after 2019, YouTube was, was, was fine and regulated by the FTC and what, so now in their system, they're, they're basically like, two different types of ads that, that YouTube and, and, and Google as parent company will serve. Um, one is like what we think is like a, it's called a behavioral or targeted ad. Um, and so that's like, you, you've probably seen this a lot. Like if you've ever searched for, I, I don't know, you're trying to buy like, um, uh, a lawn chair or something like that. Right? Okay, sure.
0: You, She's you, usually you search me, for yeah. a
1: couple. Yeah, you're trying to buy a pair of Nike sneakers and <laughs> then you just like see that ad follow you around the internet. Like everyone's had experience, right? That is oh, yeah. ad. Like it is based on your search history. It's based on the websites that you visit. Um, you know, this is like Google and Facebook are the, are the two companies that is there. They're kind of dominating the industry. They grew into these Goliaths because they were very good at serving um, targeted advertising. Like they're very good at basically giving uh this data the advertisers that want to reach consumers at a, at a particular time and place and um, so and that's web why apps.
0: websites use cookies because then exactly. on the other side of things they're they're using Google ads to advertise their product that's why they show up on those websites yeah, and and show and up on Facebook on Instagram then YouTube all the things yeah it's totally it's and so yeah
1: Google is, is Google's the, the biggest the world's biggest digital advertiser and is the the like the company that is the best at at doing this um, <sighs> And, and, and they have, you know, they have your search data, they have your maps, like your location data. um And then they have like, so on YouTube, they have you know, all the videos that you've watched, um the videos you clicked on, like the types of and And listen, if you're an advertiser, this is amazing, right? This is a dream because yep. in some ways, like you want to be able to target um you, you know you want someone who watches a bunch of fishing channels or something and you sell like i want channels.
0: parents that have strong-willed kids that's go. what uh, i'm looking for yeah you know who are frustrated um, yeah. so i i yeah, get it and it i've was, advertised a lot
1: <laughs> so on so since that rule um they can no longer run these targeted ads on videos that are, that are called made for kids and so ah, okay. um, and what the what, what comp- creators i think uh understandably complain about is that youtube is the onus is on the online creator. It's not on YouTube. So, if you or I were to, if you were to go make That's a right. video and we say, like, there's like, as I understand it, it may have changed, but there's like a little dashboard in this sort or of when you're posting a video, yep. they're going to click. And if you say, like, don't click that made for kids video, you can. And I should also mention um, that the targeted ads are typically better paying um, than the, the ones that aren't targeted are just if you're watching a video about. Um, you know, you're watching a a video about kids doing like a a certain challenge or a science experiment, Mm -hmm. then you're basically like the advertiser only knows that you're watching this video. doesn't know anything else about you. Um, And that's just called like a contextual ad. And that ad is like Google, YouTube can't charge as much for that ad because that ad is not as valuable.
0: May or may not be relevant to the viewer.
1: Yeah, it's often not relevant. And so what happens for if I'm an online, like a lot of online creators of kids and family content. Um, since early 2020 just lost a lot lost a lot of money after that's that great. change um I mean what's happened during the pandemic is I got a lot of views because there are a lot more views on on kids content um during the pandemic right. um but so that's the what I was saying about if if I go up and I post a video and I say it's not made for kids and then the FTC decides and as far as I know there haven't been many cases of this but the FTC decides like you know this is this video is very much made for kids like, I, as a creator, am the one that will be fined, not YouTube. <laughs> um, and, and there were, I mean, this is YouTube, I think, made this argument that, like, we can't police this system. You know, at this point, they have over 2 million creators making money on their platform. And and so, yeah. they're like, we don't have the resources, despite being, I think, the world's, like, third <laughs> largest company. Um, they're like, we don't have the resources. So, like, I
0: feel the like course. they could have the resources?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that... You know their um youtube is an advertising company like they are their incentives are to make as much advertising revenue as possible Um, and they're trying to expand beyond that into things like merchandise commerce and like membership payments but they're primarily um, still an advertising company
0: yeah so can i ask you about people who they have partnerships with right like there are they're, they have relationships with creators. So one in particular is PewDiePie. What is the deal with him?
1: Sure, PewDiePie was um is it really he's a he's a Swede, uh, Felix Shelberg. um and so he uh, was for a long time the the biggest uh, creator on on YouTube by, by subscribers. And so probably everyone's familiar with with subscribers on YouTube. Um, yeah. and he started in 2010. Um, and he was sort of the, the most popular um, of this uh, phenomenon that, that YouTube really invented of like video game streaming. Um, yes.
0: It's a pain so in my existence. I, I hate it so much because it's so- I mean, So I, I, so I will,
1: um, it's clearly popular. Um, it is, uh, it worked really well for, I think I mentioned that it was around a decade ago that YouTube switched their system to like, we're going to prioritize uh, what they call watch time, which was getting people to, watch as long as possible video game streaming is kind of the perfect um, category of of content for that because it is not to say that that video game streamers aren't like creative and interesting people and like they have to say often but you know they have like funny kind of color commentary but it is largely they're playing a video game they're video they're like taping themselves play the game and then they just post it up to youtube and um, and, and scream games. a
0: lot and swear a yeah, lot. Yeah, and yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, PewDiePie was like the most colorful version of that. Um, you know, he was, for a while, the company re- like was very fond of him. Like he was bringing in a lot of money for them. Um, he was this, he represented this new form of entertainment. Like PewDiePie is not really something that you wouldn't see on TV. Like um, any, he, he also, I think, you know, what was really interesting to him is he like many popular youtube creators um he will often talk to his audience he kind of shares parts of his life yeah um and shares his and it's just like i've talked to creators about this too It's is really interesting like there's this expectation that you're being authentic you're it's not even it's not like reality tv stars right they're, they're a different type of fame um and mm-hmm. that there's an expectation that you know scientists social scientists call it parasocial relationships. so it's like the idea that your sons if they're PewDiePie fans, they might feel like they know PewDiePie. They know Felix yeah. intimately. They've never met him, I assume. They've never met him before, but they feel like they know a lot about his life. And they feel really invested in his success. Um, yeah, and,
0: interesting.
1: And so that's just a different dynamic. And and it has, for, for YouTube, it's paid off in these huge dividends where they can have these creators that, you know, that become influencers. They're able to sell items pretty successfully. The dark side of that and pewdiepie is a really interesting example right where he um you know just brief version of that story got his controversies about five years ago around like anti-semitic content and like playing with nazi imagery oh my goodness um, and so these were problems that once he was sort of punished for that he, like, he lost business deals and relationships for that his fans were still very very loyal and devoted to him uh, and that caused like Incredible headaches uh, for YouTube that didn't know how to handle uh, this problem with their, with their biggest star.
0: Really interesting. Wow. So interesting. Um, I happened to, I, I knew we were going to talk about PewDiePie and I have heard about him through my own children and we had quite a debate this morning about it. <laughs> sort of kind of, but uh, one for one against uh, mm. in, in, in my two boys. And um. I noticed because I was curious, uh, I I noticed I watched some of his videos today and, uh, you know, noticed that one, well, he's not talking about video games anymore. He's kind of talking about whatever. And and actually just kind of it almost looks like he's desperate for content because he there was one video I saw where he was making fun of somebody who was on Dr. Phil with another guy. And then. Um, you know, there's an ad of, of his, with him selling a wallet and a keychain. <laughs> so, I mean, it's very, it's, it's, I don't know what word to use to describe it, but it's sort
1: of desperate to me. Um, so, I the book spends a lot of time with with PewDiePie, and in, in part because I think he's just a really interesting character and, and person, um, and he's really he's like he kind of demonstrates a lot about. Um, uh, YouTube success and then sort of what what went wrong. Um, he also like he he went through a period and I haven't followed this very closely recently, but he went through a period where he kind of like many YouTube creators, you know, there was a lot of pressure to put out just constantly put out videos and like regular on a content da- daily, regular basis. And and at the same time, what, what a really interesting dynamic is that um, YouTube for a long time was their initial business strategy was to get TV and video and, and movie and Hollywood to come onto YouTube Like they were desperate, but they wanted to basically be at Netflix before there was Netflix. Um, the the ter- TV industry for a long time, traditional media was like, no, we're not. Why would we why would we give away our, our shows for free um, eventually start? I mean, now you can see like Jimmy Kimmel, like all of the sort of late night hosts put their stuff all those on these clips. YouTube. Yeah, it's amazing marketing. It's sort of inevitable. The audience is there. And so you have YouTube creators like like PewDiePie and, and many others who are suddenly competing with TV studios that are built to put out daily, like they have not much more money and staff. And like and so I think I, I it is I'm not defending PewDiePie at all, um, but I am. He did um, he certainly has had an issue that other creators have dealt with, which is and they call it like creator burnout. Like yeah, you know, this is uh it's not like TV and movies like there's not sort of a fill a set filming schedule and then you get a yeah. break. Like YouTube is is a grind. Um it's a constant grind for people. Um and so uh, it it becomes a, a thing that's that some like you use the word desperate. Like
0: um and you're creating an- another monster within the monster.
1: <laughs> yeah I think I mean YouTube is i think the company is like worked on this, paid more attention to it. You know it's interesting what's happening now is they're facing this really new um and serious competition from tiktok um oh, and,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and and like and creators too now feel compelled to oh, i i don't need to just be on youtube i have to be on tiktok i have to be on instagram reels like mm. you know they are it's a profession it's, it's so funny we, we to your, your right that like um and there are polls that show this that that like a lot of kids want to become youtube stars but I don't, like, I don't want to be, like, it's a very, like, it's a demanding, grueling line of work. It, so it, it,
0: and it is work and you've got to be creative. You've got to have video editing skills. You've got to, I mean, it takes a long time to do a video in any way never mind coming up with all this crazy stuff and yeah you know like like you said with PewDiePie like yeah all of a sudden he's up against studios that have professional editors and sound mixers and the whole thing and like all of a sudden you need sound and like uh, all all the things right yeah Mm -hmm. so I I want to I appreciate this you know what what you've told us so far like in terms of um advertising what kinds of advertising how they do try to clean it up but at the end of the day i think parents need to be the ones who are really looking out for our own kids and, and also, uh, you know, my, my second son was born in 2008 and that was also the year that we got our first like uh big screen, you know, flat screen TV, right? That was when we did, spent a ton of money on this flat screen TV. And I've always said that Aiden has never met a screen he doesn't like. And so he's so this generation and i know that there are people listening that are that are exactly the same as me and you know kids are even younger than than my aiden um so so there is all of these kids out there that that haven't met a screen they they didn't like and and so i want to know like what do you want to um like what is your warning for parents what do you say to parents who have kids that are on youtube because it's inevitable i have to say it it's inevitable right so just sort of like what what, what do you want the parents that are listening to know uh and then I, I just want to talk a little bit about what you have in our in our parent
1: toolbox yeah i mean think like they're you're, you're right it's inevitable like i'm sure it's very difficult it keep, a yeah. keep i love youtube i think like one of the big takeaways a major reason that I, I wrote the book is sort of a call to pay more attention to the platform like if you go on uh, this has been consistent for years but like if you look at um the most popular youtube videos by by volume there almost all kids videos they're they're like coco melon um giant like there there are these um uh, of nikki diana show like they're ryan kaji ryan's world like they you know ryan's world is he's not he's a um very popular uh he became up as like a toy in boxing uh, very popular youtuber he's, he's 10 years old now he's got a company worth like th- maybe like 30 million a year or something like that he breaks <laughs> in um so th- these are not just uh youtube these are like franchises and um there are it's really understudied um it is like journalists my, like myself spend a, uh not as much time like talking um r- reporting and understanding the types of videos that are being made um child development i talked to the, the child development experts i've talked to it's like those that focus on youtube often point out that this is like very un- understudied, um, you know, academia moves pretty slowly. So like, there, yeah, um, that's part of it. Um, so it's I mean, I think it, it's a little bit like YouTube has made a lot of changes. Like they put in things around recently, um, you know, talk they talk about for kids. Um, they have the settings now for like children, I think, 13 to 18, where they can do private posts and upload a video and, and set it as mm-hmm. private. They have like these sort of digital well-being where they're sort of sending reminders like hey don't spend all your time on youtube they're um they've been uh, taking a lot of criticism for videos that are heavily commercial where basically like, the entire video is like trying to sell a kid something um they, they they've said they've started to take action against that like i guess the, the main takeaway is sort of like um I mean, it's very difficult for busy parents but like pay, pay attention to sort of like the you know the, the book is saying like there are important decisions that this company is making um, about the reasons why the sort of the videos that you or your kids see, like the ones that are recommended to you, like the, the, the really popular ones. Um, some of them are popular for re- like, they're very talented um, creators and like doing creative stuff. And I, wa- I don't wanna discount like I think that there are incredibly like, um, there's like good educational content on YouTube that doesn't exist anywhere else. The company has struggled to like surface that and make it hard to find. Um, I think that they are more attuned to they certainly make, they respond to criticism, they respond to public pressure. Mm. Um, and I think that they, when they're forced to do something like invest more in education and learning tools, they do. Like, they, like the people inside the company want to do the right thing around this um, and, and sort of understand this. And and that's like, I think just having a, a the people have a bit more like, a pay more and more attention and, and scrutinize um, just the types of videos that are that are becoming really popular on YouTube um, I think that'll that'll help shape the direction of uh, of the site and, and in many ways like of social media
0: And I think what you're saying is like don't 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 fall for it because in a way we're all really being manipulated right like the most popular videos that that are on there are there for watch time and those perpetuate each other. I, yeah, I
1: mean, I think that like I, you know, I am. There are, you know, I have a um. There's, there's a, there's a character or like this, this couple in the book that's called uh, Mother Goose Club that, that made, and they've been like on YouTube for a very long time. And I, from what I've seen, like, and and they are like pretty well respected by their educators themselves. They're, it's like mostly for young kids, but they're making like solid educational videos. Um, and so there, I think it's like once you like do a little research to like find the sort of quality. Uh, creators on YouTube and like subscribe yeah. to them and like you kind of have to go out of your way a little bit to like make sure that you're right. watching them and YouTube has tools around like building playlists and like um so I think that they're that's something that I I wish the company did more of I mean, creators did too is like um you know as a as a YouTube viewer I wish it's like oh I want to be able to like I really like this YouTube channel I want to be able to support them and I want to find people that are very similar to them um and that's something where you kind of have to be proactive. You have to lean in a bit Mm -hmm. uh, despite the fact that YouTube and social media is so built around like the passive, like flipping experience.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, as parents, we we've got to do our best and also give ourselves a bit of a break because we are pioneers in this along with our kids, because this was new to me as an adult, you know, new to me to navigate this and how much it's changed in the time that it's been out. And so what I hear you saying is be more discerning. Uh, maybe, you know, if you see something, maybe ask a couple of questions like, mm, you know, why is it like this? Or, you know, how come, you know, this is like one big ad or, or whatever it is and don't have blind faith in the platform Because not only can they not necessarily control it all, you know, things sneak in and, you know, you've got to be careful. And whether you like it or not, if you're giving your kids a device, that's your responsibility. Unfortunately, it is your responsibility to make sure we protect our kids because there's this big online world there that as soon as we give our kids a device, that online world has access to our kids. And that's dangerous. They don't know how to fight back. If we're Yeah, I mean, I
1: think like, the company has you know listen they're they're huge and and bureaucratic and they they move slowly um but they respond to they respond to pressure like they respond to like um you know articles in the press and they respond to politicians and they respond to like when, when people are sort of paying attention to this stuff. and, and um,
0: So your voice matters is what you're saying. Yeah,
1: if you yeah, do,
0: yeah. yeah I In mean, most let's, let's, reputable companies, like, I mean, I worked for a very large global company before I I did this work. And so I know it it is true. So your voice does matter.
1: Yeah, I mean, that being like, I know it's it's like YouTube is not built for me and you as a viewer to have a lot of input. <laughs> but, uh, but, but your, your yeah. decisions like matter is sort of like, the types of creator videos you're watching and and like you're supporting the types of, of creators and that's like built into a system that's you know every time you're watching something you're giving money to a that creator uh, whether you know it or not
0: yeah okay okay so y- thank you for this uh so your book is like comment subscribe inside youtube's chaotic rise to world domination and you have uh essentially a synopsis of the book uh with it's some highlights notes, yeah yeah. It's yeah. It's the cliff notes version, if you will, in Canada here, we call it the Coles notes version and, oh, nice. uh, <laughs> difference. Um, and we, uh, yeah, we have that in the parent toolbox. So if you're not a part of that, it's just www.parent-toolbox.com. And of course this episode will be on YouTube as well as on all podcast platforms, but let me just give you as long a moment. As it's not to taken just, down. D- yeah. As long as it's not taken down. So let's hope. Um, Tell us just a little bit about what that what that uh, Cliff Notes version of your book is about, and uh, and then we'll uh, we'll sign off.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of a synopsis, my selling pitch. I mean, it is um like the book goes into like a lot of detail about how the business of and like the up how YouTube operates and works and the people inside the company, like you know I. It's a company that's really like everyone knows what YouTube is and uses it probably every day. But like, I bet a lot of people couldn't name the person who runs it um, and the that's other true. team of people. Yeah, and they or the people that founded it, say. Um, and I, I did my best to make it like a really compelling page turner too. And like, it it tells and it goes to some dark places, yeah. um, but it also I think has some moments of levity and uh, and hopefully for people to it. Uh, To feel like informed about this uh, really important company and and come away with like a joy read.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for educating us for, you know, being the guy that's willing to put his hand up and say, okay, let me tell you about this, because it, it is important for us to go in with our eyes wide open um, because we don't want our kids to grow up any sooner than they need to. We want, you know, of course we want everybody to enjoy the platform and be safe. And that's really the most important thing. And as if parenting isn't hard enough, we don't need to add another layer of something else to worry about and worry about our kids. And that's everything that that I try to do with this podcast. And so having a guest like you, is just, I am so grateful for. So thank you so much, Mark. Uh, and people can find you markbergen.com. Uh, you're on LinkedIn. You're on Facebook, uh, Twitter. You're on all the places, and of everywhere. course, your your book. I don't. Popular. I
1: don't have a YouTube channel, but you do not
0: that. have a YouTube channel. That is yeah. very, very true. You do not. Um, but but, but
1: Bloomberg, a- Bloomberg has many the, the great YouTube channels.
0: Oh, Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, and your book is available on Amazon, and where else can you get your book?
1: Oh, hopefully, everywhere that uh, books are sold.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate it.